Christchurch, New Malden, Sunday the 1st of January 2023. Stephen Kurt speaking on seeing the bigger picture at the start of 2023. Right, okay, well I hope you are having a really good Christmas. A Happy New Year from me as well. And uh, hands up if any part of your Christmas experience so far has involved playing... No, you don't even know what I'm going to ask yet, Victor. OK? If any part of your Christmas experience has been playing silly games, OK? If you played silly games at all this Christmas, put up your hand, OK? Right, a few people are nervous about admitting it. The Rankins are putting their hands up. Heather's played silly games. The Broomfields have played silly games. The Astons have. Most of us at Christmas, Victor has as well, most of us at Christmas have played silly games. And we are going to play a silly game now, OK? A silly Christmas game, although with a serious sort of message underneath it. Up on the screen, when I say, are going to become part of a picture. OK? And you've got to guess what the bigger picture is. They're all going to be something to do with Christmas, OK? And on the basis of the small bit that you see, you've got to guess what the bigger picture will be. Now, children, I think, are probably going to be the best at this, OK? You can do it with those people around you. So, children, if you've got a grown-up nearby, can you do it with them to help them? Because they might struggle a bit, OK? Grown-ups near the back who haven't got children with you, you're on your own, OK? I hope you're going to do OK. You can do it in pairs, though. OK, so, Nathan, can we have the first picture up there? OK, you've got to guess, OK, this started off with an easy one. Look at the picture, that is a small part of a bigger picture. You've got to guess what the bigger picture is. OK, I'm going to use radio uh, number three. OK, so let's ask Matthew Aston what he reckons that is. Santa Claus. He reckons it's Santa, I think he's probably wrong, let's have a look. Yes, he's right. OK, he's so brainy. OK. Right, how many of you got that one right? OK, most of you. OK, on to the next one. Something else to do with Christmas. OK, something else to do with Christmas. Have a look at it. OK, it's quite difficult, this one. OK, you might think it's Yoda from Star Wars or something like that. OK, let's see if Lexi thinks she's got it. Brussels sprouts. Well, I doubt it. Let's have a look. Yes, you're right. Amazing. Isn't it incredible how we can just see a small part of a picture and guess the rest of it? Let's see if they get more complicated. Next one. Okay, yeah, what that looks like some sort of rock, doesn't it? Volcanic rock, maybe, which of course is to do with Christmas. Uh, what might it be? Let's ask Eddie Berry. I doubt he'll get it right. Okay. Christmas pudding. Oh, what a silly suggestion. Let's have a look. No, you're right. Amazing. Well done, Eddie. Okay, on to the next one. Ooh. OK, yeah. a bit tricky, this one. Again, to do with Christmas, quite often. Doesn't have to be to do with Christmas, but quite often is, actually. OK. Yeah, look, Emily Larkin thinks she knows. So does Nathan. A camel. A camel, right. Any other suggestions, just before we have a look? What do you reckon, Nathan? Um, a fox. A fox, the Christmas fox, yeah, which is an important part of Christmas celebrations. OK. Anyone else got any suggestions? There was a famous advert that used to be on, OK, that would, uh, would prompt us to take this seriously. That's your clue. People, people used to say it's for, it's for, for life, not just for Christmas. 
Any ideas? Yeah, okay. So you're all very well now, Claire. I'm thinking it's a puppy, Nick. You're thinking it might be a puppy. Let's have a look. There you go, yeah. Yeah, do you remember that advert used to be a dog is for life, not just for Christmas, because they wanted to sell people, if you get a puppy or a dog for Christmas, do remember you've got to take care of it forever for the whole of its life. Okay, on to the next one. Okay, yeah, this is a bit more tricky now. Okay, what can that be? Okay, any suggestion? Right, Andrew, what do you reckon? You reckon? King. Well, there's been lots of kings. I mean, which one are you referring to? <laughs> okay, let's see if he's right. Yes, there he is. Ha hands up if you listen to his speech. Yep, quite a few. We, we missed it, so we had to watch it on YouTube. Uh, we didn't realise it was past three o'clock. Okay, and uh, next one, last one. Okay, people are actually doing pretty well at this. Let's ask Victor if he knows. Victor, do you know this one? Sorry. Maria. Joseph. 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 OK, we've got a guess of Joseph. Any other guesses? OK, Eddie. Scrooge. Scrooge. OK, that's interesting. OK, any other, any other guesses? OK, let's see. Absolutely, there he is, Albert Finney from uh, the musical Scrooge, based on A Christmas Carol. OK, so well done, everyone. Why did we play that game? Well, we played it because much of appreciating Christmas is about trying to see the bigger picture on the basis of those parts of Christmas that are revealed to us. So let's have a look at one more, OK? We might, over Christmas, just see one small part of the overall story, OK? What is that part of? Well, let's look at the bigger picture that comes with it. The whole Christmas scene. Just go back to that one before again, Nathan, would you? OK? It might be that at Christmas time that we, we see a bit of the Christmas story, OK? And we're, you know, trying to work out that little bit. And a lot of the challenge of Christmas is about trying to stand back and see that the part of the Christmas story that we've witnessed, how that's part, let's go to the next one, of the bigger picture. And there are lots of Bible passages that we've probably heard this Christmas time. Lots of Bible passages that we've been read. So I'm going to do another test on you now. We're going to have some passages. There's a lot of, you know, got to work hard at the start of this new year. Okay, and these are passages which most of you here, if not all of you, will have heard. And uh, you've got to fill in the gap, okay, in these passages. So let's have the first one up there. Okay, get into groups and just work out what you think are the bits that should go where the yellow is, okay? Okay, people confident on this one? Okay, you've heard all these passages. Those of you who are regulars here, you've heard all these passages this Christmas. Let's go to the appropriately named Carol. Okay, what do you reckon? Okay, let's see whether Carol's right. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. She said, let's see it. Yes, absolutely. Well done. Round of applause for Carol. Oh, it's a bit muted. Okay, let's uh, on to the next one. Okay, in the blank month, God sent the angel blank to blank. Okay, now just have a bit of a discussion. This one could fool you, actually. This one you, you could make a mistake on. So just discuss it with the people next to you. See what you think this is.
Right, OK. Are people confident on this one? OK. Let's ask Becky Berry. <laughs> Becky Berry, what do you reckon it is? I'm not sure about the first one. I think it's an angel Gabriel. Right, so you think Gabriel's there. You're not sure about the first one, which is, which is interesting in your case. OK. <laughs> Very interesting in Becky's case, this is unsure about the first part. Okay, anyone, anyone else want to guess what the first word is? I don't know why, but I think it's 12th. In the 12th month, okay. Anyone else got any suggestions? Interesting, how often, is, I thought people will find this a doddle, this one. Heather, what do you reckon? It's in the 6th month. In the 6th month, okay. So, what about the last word? What's the last word? Mary. To Mary, Carol reckons. Any alternatives to Mary? To Zechariah, yeah, okay. Let's see. People have been less confident about this one. Okay, let's see. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, and it goes on to a virgin named Mary pledged to be married to a man called Joseph. Okay, so that's interesting. I thought people would get that one easily. Apart from maybe the last word, I thought people might say Mary. On to the next one. Okay, when King Blank heard this, he was blank and all blank with him. Okay, just go into, with the people by you, try and work out what the words are on that one. Any suggestions? Any suggestions? No, they've been very quiet. Okay, let's ask Emma Aston this one. Yeah, okay, let's ask Emma. Okay, what do you reckon then, Emma? When King... Herod. Right, he, this, he was... What do you reckon? Afraid, you reckon afraid? Afraid. Okay. And all blank with him. And all what, sorry? It's the region he ruled over. What did he rule over? Well, Judea. Let's go with that. I think it might be Judea. Any other suggestions on the blanks there? At the moment, we've got, uh, yeah, okay, what do you reckon? Jerusalem. Jerusalem, okay, with him. Any other suggestions? Let's see the answers. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all. Jerusalem with him. Okay. But here's a verse coming up now that we probably haven't heard read this Christmas time. And it's one that I believe helps us to see the bigger picture. It's a verse in the Bible that I think all of these other bits that we've been hearing about are all actually part of. Rather like when we saw those small little pictures and then we saw the bigger picture in which they took their place this next verse, I think, helps us to see that bigger picture. And it comes from the prophet Habakkuk, and there's another version of it found in Isaiah as well. And here it is. This is a verse that I think everyone should know. It says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now, why is that verse so important? We don't really hear that read at Christmas time. We might hear it read at other points. A lot of people don't know this verse. But it's important because it's a pledge of the way that God is one day going to make everything end up. The world one day, the prophet Habakkuk said, will be totally full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord will fill the whole world. People will be fully aware of that glory and what it means just as much as the seas are full of water. Can you imagine the seas not being full of water? Well, that's what it will be like. The world at the moment uh, has any number of things wrong with it, but that's going to change. Now, let's think about all the things that are wrong with the world at the moment. On to the next picture. There's fairly obviously the war in Ukraine, isn't there? 
and all the really terrible things that are happening there. I watched on the news this morning, and uh, there had been a missile attack uh, on New Year's Day. There's the cost of living crisis in this country. A lot of us worried, a lot of people worried about how they're going to make ends meet and particularly pay their fuel bills. There's been a lot of political turbulence during this year, hasn't there, as well, with governments coming and going, three prime ministers, and uh, it's a revolving door at Downing Street. There's all the turbulence in the royal family as well, and a lot of us are wondering what this is all going to lead to. Then there's the strikes by the rail workers, by the nurses, and lots of other groups as well, and perhaps more to come. And then, of course, there's the real difficulties that some of us have had in our own lives. And there's people in church this morning for whom it's been a really tough start to this new year already, because just before the new year, there's been loss, and there's been pain, and there's difficulty. And when we see all of these things happening, it's very hard for us to see how this verse can represent anything approaching reality. How can the world possibly change so that its suffering and its hardship, its pain and its difficulty all disappear? How can that possibly happen where all those things disappear and they're replaced by a world that, as that verse says, is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Well, it's at just those points, when we're struggling to see how the world that we experience now can possibly become like that, it's at just those points that, rather like that game that we played earlier, the challenge for us is to see the bigger picture on the basis of the smaller parts of that picture that we see in the present. It's very easy for us to miss the signs of God's future when there's so much darkness around. But spotting those signs and having the imagination and the faith to look for the bigger picture that they point us to is actually what Christmas is all about. And it's demonstrated by a lot of parts of the Christmas story that we've heard over the last few weeks. The story that we've heard, the story that we've sung about. So take this part of the story. Who's this person in the Christmas story? Who's that person, Nathan? Mary. Fairly obviously, yeah, good answer. It is Mary. So part of the Christmas story, and we saw that verse earlier, didn't we, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel coming to Nazareth. We have Mary, this humble girl from an obscure background, and the angel Gabriel appears to her and tells her that she's going to become the mother of God's son. And that news that Mary receives is enough to transform her because Mary can see what that indicates about the future. There were still many problems and hardships ahead for Mary. There were plenty of things in the present that Mary was perplexed by and didn't understand, and the world around Mary remained a harsh and difficult place. But the reason why Mary could sing that famous song, the Magnificat, and there are some of the words of it up on the screen, the reason why Mary could sing that song with so much confidence was because Mary saw in the present a small glimpse of that future reality when God was going to put the whole world right, the sort of promise that God had made through Habakkuk. Mary was able to see that future and be confident about it, that God will one day lift up the humble and put down the proud. She was able to see what that little bit of God's glory that she had experienced pointed to in terms of God's bigger picture. 
So that's what happens with Mary. What about this lot? Who are these people in the Christmas story? Who are these people? Louis, who are these people in the Christmas story? Okay, who are these people in the Christmas story, Louis? Shepherds, well done, Becky and Louis. Yes, they are the shepherds, okay? The shepherds were out on the hills, weren't they? When an angel of the Lord appeared to them and told them that a saviour had been born for all the people and the sign was going to be a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. And the reason why the shepherds returned from that scene praising God and telling everyone what they'd seen was because they too had received in the present a glimpse of that future reality when God would put everything in the world right. Those shepherds hadn't suddenly been upgraded, had they? They didn't have lots of wealth. They probably didn't have a comfortable place to go back to. They probably didn't find nice warm heaters out in the hills to keep them warm while they were looking after the sheep. But they'd received a glimpse of God's glory and they were able to be confident about that future on the basis of what they'd witnessed. See, even the same with that horrible bit in the Christmas story when Herod killed the babies of Bethlehem in his attempt to kill baby Jesus. King Herod represented all cruel and cynical power. And what King Herod did in Bethlehem, in many ways, represents all too well the tragic state of our world today. All those awful things happening that we saw earlier up on the screen. But the fact that King Herod didn't succeed in killing Jesus, when Mary and Joseph were warned in a dream and they fled to Egypt... That's another glimpse of that time in the future when God has promised that everything that's bad will be removed from this world because the earth will be full of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. And perhaps amongst all the tragedies, both public and private, this Christmas, you've still been able to receive a glimpse of God's future in other parts of your life as well. For many people, it's seeing their children or their grandchildren in Christmas plays or concerts that gives them a glimpse of God's glory. For other people, it's being surrounded by their loved ones at Christmas time, or seeing love make a difference through things like a Christmas lunch club or a night shelter. Being part of a church at Christmas time can do the same as we gather again to hear the story of God's love coming into the world in that tiny, vulnerable little baby in a manger at Bethlehem. All of these things can represent to us, and are intended to represent to us, a bit of God's light shining in the darkness. And it tells us, these glimmers that we get, these indications of God's light, it sends a message to us that the total light of God covering the whole of this world, it's on its way. So Ruth talked earlier about New Year's resolutions. And a challenge for us, perhaps a resolution for us during 2023, from this verse, is three things, perhaps. Perhaps we can try and remember these things as we go, around, go away this morning. First of all, the challenge is to really believe that God isn't going to leave this world in the mess that it's currently in. Because one day, as Habakkuk and Isaiah tell us, this earth will be full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's something for us to really cling on to, particularly if we're having a difficult time, a painful time at the moment. 
But second, the challenge is to look for the signs of that coming future in the present and to be encouraged by those signs to keep faith in God in what he's promised us. If we have our eyes open around Christmas time, around any time of the year actually, we can see signs of that hope that God's given us. I often say at funerals that people can be having a really tough time, everything can seem really, really difficult, but often small acts of kindness, small acts of love that they're receiving can be a real light in the darkness and can point people to the fact that God isn't going to leave things the way they are now because one day he's going to bring his total light throughout this world. But thirdly, we're being challenged to have the faith and our imagination so kindled by this vision of the future that God has promised us that we ourselves become committed to doing what we can to reflect this reality in the present by the way in which we live and particularly by the way in which we look to share God's love with others in our everyday lives. Because this is the job of a church and this is the job of Christians. It's our job to try and make sure that we're living signs both as a church and as individuals of God's future. That when people uh, encounter us, when we perhaps try and help them or listen to them or show them love in whatever way during times of difficulty, that that forms a sign of God's future. People then will really start to believe that this promise is true. That one day God will flood the whole of this world with his love, with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. It will cover the whole of the world as the waters cover the sea. And that's the challenge to us at the start of 2023. Ruth.